The following program is a presentation of the Radio Talking Book Service in Omaha, Nebraska. RTBS programming is intended solely for individuals who cannot read conventional print due to a disability. Ineligible listeners risk infringing on copyright law, and RTBS is not responsible for any violations that may occur. It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Community Conversations. I'm Cammie Carlisle. Today we are talking with owner and founder Alexis Lawson of Detox Sober Lounge. Alexis, welcome. How are you today? Pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for joining us. I have been intrigued with this Detox Sober Lounge since when you, I think you started off with pop-ups, didn't you? Yep. January 2020. That's amazing. I saw that on Facebook because it's funny because on Facebook, I had put up a post that said, who wants to help me open a sober bar? And then somebody said, hey, check this out. And I was like, what? And then you got your own place. But before we get to all this goodness, let's talk about you a little bit. Tell me about, are you from Omaha? Were you born here? What's your story? Yep. I'm born and raised here in Omaha. Uh, I have five siblings and I have a daughter who's 20. No way. My parents are here as well. Yeah, she just turned wow. January 29th. Amazing. And your parents are here as well. So everybody's yep. here. Everybody's healthy. Yes. Good. So you opened up a sober lounge and obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but you are now sober. Do you want to talk yes. about your journey and how, what it looked like and how you got here and all that good stuff? Whatever you're comfortable sure. sharing, we would love to hear it. Absolutely. So I have uh, I started doing drugs and alcohol when I was 12. It was just like drinking and some weed here and there, you know, and it slowly progressed. Um, by the time I was about 16, I was about a daily smoker of weed and then um, drinking every weekend. And um, in 20, 2002, no. I take that back a little. So when I was 18, whatever year that was, I experimented with crack cocaine for the first time in my life. And uh, that was not the usual smoke a little weed, drink a little alcohol. Well, it was terrible. Um, sadly, it was so terrible, but I still did it. I, I didn't realize what an addiction was back then. I just couldn't understand why every time I tried to sell it, I craved it. Mm-hmm. And I now know that you can't, you know, be in the possession of it if you have an addiction to it but I kept trying to sell it and sell it and I just kept smoking and smoking it and then of course and then um I got into mess 2004 I said no bye-bye crack hello Mm -hmm. mess you know Uh, I want the new bigger and better and that took me for another world of craziness and just in and out of jail um always having my family come to buy me out um, bouncing around, losing homes, losing cars, um, just struggle, uh, not really realizing that I was an addict. I just, I always blamed the drugs and alcohol as opposed to me. You know, if I could just quit this, I'll be cool, you know, but right. I now know today that I have the ism, you know, so even with the alcohol mm-hmm. and drugs out the picture, I still have character defects that 
um, I need to work on. I never realized that until recently. So I uh, went in and out of the rooms here and there because uh, I lost custody of my daughter. And um, so I was going to treatment because they wanted me to, to get her back. And I wasn't ready at the time. I just was going with the court, you know, asked me to do at that time. I still wasn't accepting. Um, I never completed it. Uh, so I ended up losing custody of my daughter in 2002. Um, they took her straight from the hospital. And then in 2005, they, my grandparents adopted her out. Mm, okay. So uh, I ended up still t- going back and forth with the drugs, getting, trying to get sober, just get, trying to get sober on my own until 2009 when I caught a felony. When I caught a felony, that was enough to wake me up and say, hey, you have a major problem and you're looking at 20 years. So um, that was the first time in my life that I decided I was going to get sober and I had a problem. And it wasn't just the drugs and alcohol, but it was me. And so then I stayed sober for a while. I relapsed in 2016 um, for 13 months. And then I came back in 2017. And now I have almost five years again. Congratulations. That's exciting. It's, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. And I think a thing for people that don't have addictions, I don't think they understand that we can hit a lot of rock bottoms. We can hit an awful lot of rock bottoms, but it's things like a felony or it's things, it's something that finally hits us, right? Because people yeah. have said to me, what is your rock bottom? I'm like, I don't know yet, but I found it. <laughs> I sure found yes. it. But congratulations, seriously, especially for the many tries. And now that you've been sober again for five years, that is something to be really proud of. So what does your support system look like? Do you, what do you do for Almost recovery? five years. Okay, almost five years. That's right. We know every day, don't we? That's <laughs> right. Yep. Nope. Um, so my support system, I have my family and friends. Um, uh, I recently, in 2018, I decided that um, I didn't, I wanted to work a job that was more fulfilling. So that helped me stay sober. I started working at uh, Stevens Center and oh, working okay. at a place that I got sober at just brought a, a different type of fulfillment and enjoyment in my life. And that's when I realized that I need to be doing something for like service work in a sense for my job no more you know warehouse work no more working on machines and all that stuff I was I had to feel fulfill that that hole in me that needed something more than just working a nine-to-five so I started working in uh Stevenson that helped then I worked at Nebraska Family Works which is another treatment center you know and then we have detox sober lounge so I mean that all keeps me sober believe it or not You're doing the work. I mean, you are doing the good work. I believe, I was going to ask you if that makes you more accountable. I would guess yes, because you're working with people that have been in the same boat as you. So that is like a really good safety net, isn't it? It is. It is. Especially when I work at the treatment centers, because I feel terrible giving advice to clients that I wasn't taking myself. So, you know, and some of them clients, they'll hold you accountable. You know, they'll tell you about yourself. So, yeah, yeah, I had to make sure that I was doing everything in my power and I was only giving advice that I was things that I was willing to do, you know. And it kept me, okay, look, because you're telling these people to do a 10-step inventory at night. When was the last time you did one? Okay, so before mm-hmm. I start telling people to do this 10-step, I need to start doing them again, you know. So Yeah, like, exactly. That's amazing. So in this journey to get to where you are now, Again, you were, I guess, for better or worse language, on the wagon, off the wagon, but now you're on it. And so you've started doing 
first pop-ups. So tell me how that worked out. So I think, where was your first pop-up at? It was at? Viking Ship. Okay. And so what was the idea behind this? Um, so before I did the pop-ups, I had went out to uh, Texas and met with the owner. Because like yourself, I said, I'm going to open a sober lounge. And then I found out that there was other sober lounges. So I went out there and met the owner of one, Sam's Bar, and he said he started with just $200 popping up around town. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so I don't got to jump head in, head first. I can actually just do pop-ups. So that was the idea was to bring uh, entertainment to a safe space like a lounge, renting mm-hmm. out the spot, and then having everybody come and just kind of, so we had a comedy show that time. And we filled the house. There was nowhere to sit. I was literally putting uh-huh. people with other people that they didn't know. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, that's okay. person, but hey, meet this person. You know, so of course that yeah. was pre-COVID. So, but, but it was amazing. I did not know that we were going to have that turnout. I was worried. And I remember I had a roommate because I lived in Oxford at that time. And she was saying, Alexis, one day you're going to just look around. And at, at, at your first event is what she said. You're going to look around and you're going to be like, wow, I did this. Because I was so worried that people wouldn't come. And mm-hmm. we had people coming before we were even open. The lights were still on and we were still getting stuff together. It was crazy. So that wow. was my inkling to let me know that people wanted to get out and enjoy a sober night out. That is amazing, especially because, I don't know, I think Omaha is kind of a drinking town. I mean, mm-hmm. I live in Benson and hello bars, right? I mean, stumble to the next one, stumble to the next one. How perfect. So I'm surprised to hear that too. I guess I didn't know that there was that big of a desire for that here. Do you know off the top of your head how many of these kinds of sober lounges even exist in America? Are there many or is this pretty new? So when I first started, the numbers have changed. It was like five in the United States and one in Canada. I do know recently there was two in Iowa that opened um, since I've been popping up. So I would take that as being seven, but I haven't researched lately. I've been too focused on this one. Um, but there is some more. But I know when I went to Denver last year, I visited one and I was trying to visit the main one awake, but they weren't open when I was there. But the one I visited had like a hybrid. They did some sober, some non-sober. And so I just kind of got a feel of what it was like, you know, but it wasn't all the way dry, you know, mm-hmm. but they do have a dry one in Denver. So when I go out of town, I want to keep visiting and seeing, you know, yeah. what these are like, because it's fun to go out and just have a night out without the alcohol. Well, know? yeah, and to be surrounded by people that are also sober. I mean, that's, I have yet to come, and I'm so sorry. I live two blocks away. I have no excuse other than I'm old and tired and go to bed early. But I can't imagine, I mean, that would just be wonderful to be like, everybody's sober. That's an incredible yes. thing at a lounge, right? Yes. So tell me. What what inspires you to get up in the morning? Is it your Stevens Center work? Is it your sobriety? Is it the lounge? What is it that makes you put your feet on the floor and say, let's do this thing? So I'm no longer working at uh, Stevens Center. Okay. But uh, when I was, yes, that was inspiring, touching lives and having clients, you know, uh, graduate treatment and, you know, when they came in and what where they're at now. Like, that's always inspiring. Today, I would say it would be the lounge. And not, not only that, it would be my personal growth as well, because I'm also outside of the lounge working on a lot of personal growth things and just excited to see where I'm going to go because I feel like I wasted so much time of my life 
doing crazy nonsense, you know, not going anywhere mm-hmm. in a uh, fast, fast uh, way. And I feel like today, I feel like I'm just excited to see how much of a, you know, change I can implement in my life. So that's exciting. Being more responsible, being more reliable, uh, being more healthy, uh, being more spiritual, um, just my mental health, all of the things that I just neglected before, you know, it it, it drives me. I'm all about self-help these days. I read a lot of self-help books, you know, so that's also what I want to implement in the lounge too, is like some classes to teach people some of these things that I'm learning, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Spread the good news, right? That's amazing. So with the opening of Detox Sober Lounge, how has it been received here in this drinking town? Um, A little slower than I anticipated because, of course, when I was doing the pop-ups, it was once a month. So people waited Mm -hmm. all month to come so it was a better turnout. Now we're here every weekend, so it's, it's hit and miss. There's some weekends where there's we're packed, and then there's some weekends where it's so quiet, you know, just a couple, five or ten people in there, you know. Um, right. It's hit and miss, and the goal is to try and, of course, keep it packed, but that's where I ask, you know, everyone, what do you guys want to see in a lounge? What type of entertainment? What type of things would, would bring you out of the comfort of your home to the sober lounge? To, you know, what's going to get you out? Because we have bingo, we have karaoke, we have comedy, we have burlesque. We have talent contests. We have rap bottles. We have spades tournament. We have a mixture of everything. We're just trying to see what hits and what sticks yeah. and what doesn't. So yeah. the feedback from the community would be amazing as well. Well, I was really impressed. I was looking at everything that you have coming up for February. So, and I'm guessing too, with COVID, that doesn't help a lot either, right? I mean, everything, yeah. numbers are down everywhere with the COVID and hopefully one of these days the COVID will leave. But until then there are those that will put on their mask and go out. And that's what we want is to get people into the lounge. So I saw, let's see. So today, so tell me about the Cupid's crush Valentine's dance. That sounds fun. What's that all about? Sure. So it's pretty much a couple's night um, dance night. We're going to have DJs playing some fast and slow dance music. And I have a couple people actually working on the event, fundraising coordinator, and then a uh, friend of mine who works closely with the lounge. So they're putting all the little details. I'm not creative when it comes to like certain certain events. I'm like, a dance. I'm gonna let someone else handle that one, you know, because they got they got the <laughs> yeah. mindset and making it all fancy and romantic or whatnot. But that, um, hopefully, we're having a good turnout for that one. But just pretty much couples come out, have a good night. I know we're gonna do shout out all night so they can like say hey tell the dj play the song for my my fiance or whatever and then the fiance the song come on they can go dance so that's one of the things that we're doing that is awesome and then i also love that you have comedy you've got rap battles and one of the things i really want to say about the rap battles i'm a musician and i've played every single bar here in town the littles the bigs right. everything and i've noticed in the past couple of years we've had some troubles being able to book, there's been certain venues that didn't want to book rap anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these musicians were outraged by that. So I'm just very grateful that you give people another place to play. That is huge, huge, yes. especially when some genres of music weren't being allowed into all the venues. So I'm just like, oh, good. Now there's a place everybody can go. 
And this really yep. is a place for everybody, right? I mean, everybody. Yes. Anybody. I mean, you don't have to identify as sober. You can just want to go somewhere where you're not going to be around a bunch of drunk fools, right? Yep, that's exactly, exactly. I tell people, what you do on your time is your own business. As long as you come mm-hmm. to the line sober, that's all we care about. Don't come under the influence. Come have a good time. And then if you want to go to a real bar afterwards, then by all means do so. I have family that does that. You know, they'll come and support me. Then they're like, all right, I'm going to the real bar, you know. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate your support. That's Love cool. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's really no different than if somebody was to bar hop. I mean, there's just no alcohol there, right? So just exactly. come in and have. So tell me about what, what is there to drink there? I'm guessing some delicious coffee. That's my favorite. So we have coffee, but we have not yet implemented the, like, the cool coffees. But we have cool syrups and uh, cream to put in it for now. Yeah. Uh, okay. My main focus was the mocktails. That's the new thing. Um, so we had a bartender craft us up a menu of mocktails which like uh are the main one one of one of the main ones we sell is a detox it has like pineapple juice orange juice melon it's just and it's really really good like i don't it's really flavorful um we have about seven mocktails on the menu right at this time and we're gonna mm-hmm. get more once we get our kitchen up and running we'll have food which we have some food right now but we'll have more food like tacos and burgers and appetizers and stuff like that. That but, sounds delicious. Now you're in the old Mai Tai Lounge, right? Yes. Oh, the Mai Tai. I'm sure we all have memories <laughs> there. Or maybe we don't remember. <laughs> so did you have to do a lot of, uh, what do you want to say? Carpentry or did you have to reduce stuff or? No, we have it at this point. We left pretty much everything the way it is, uh, just for budget reasons. At some point, the goal is to do some more work in there. But right now, we added some lights. Of course, we added pool table. We added a dartboard. We added a jukebox. We're going to add an ATM. Um, and pretty much, we left things the way they were. But the mm-hmm. goal is here in the next couple of years to do some work into it and kind of make it more personable for uh, Detox Over Lounge. Sure. So remind me, right now you're open Friday and Saturday nights, right? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And what are the hours again? 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. Okay, so Fridays and Saturdays for now. And then in the future, if COVID ever goes away and everybody gets back to normal, will you be pursuing more uh, days and hours or will it just be kind of a weekend thing? So, yeah, no, we're going to add on some more days. Uh, we tried when we first opened to do Thursdays. Thursdays was a total flop. But once we get food in there, I'm pretty confident we can open, like, add a Thursday on there. So we'll be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then maybe add a Sunday on there. Just kind of tack on a day here and there until we can fully operate uh, seven days a week, you know? Um, oh, yeah. So That would be great. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was drinking, I mean, I drank every day. But Thursdays were like, let's get the weekend started. And then Sundays, right. let's day drink. So to me, right. it's like, hey. That sounds great to have a place to go on Sunday and have a mocktail or a coffee with some friends. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. So yes. let's go back to recovery just a bit. I, I tried AA. It didn't work for me. What, what, what is your method of recovery? Do you want to talk about that at all? Or what has worked for you? I do work a 12-step program. Um, okay. So I've been working a 12-step program. That's what works for me. Treatment initially and then the 12-step program, of course. Um, and then, like I said, also self-help. So, like, learning more about me and my, and getting to know me. You know how people say, 
uh, return you back to sanity. I don't think I was ever sane. <laughs> so I need to find <laughs> out who I am. So just a lot of 12-step programs. So I have a sponsor. I have sponsees. I attend meetings, and I actually just added another 12-step program to my uh, curriculum in the last three weeks, I guess you want to say. So there's lots of uh, net, uh, going to meetings and attending meetings helps me a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Good. I'm working good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That didn't work for me, but it does. that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, right? I think yes. the most important thing is just finding what works for you to get to recovery. Exactly. Exactly. And I hear you. Yeah, go ahead. I no, hear you. I was going to say that I, I've never, uh, I'm not, I, I was born and raised in a church. So religion was like uh, beat into me, but I'm not religious today. I'm spiritual. Um, and that helps. Ripping mm-hmm. uh, the whole, the old beliefs that was instilled in me as a kid out of me and learning my own uh Spiritual uh, way of life mm-hmm. helped tremendously because that for the longest time I couldn't live with the God that I was raised to believe. Of course, uh, hated me because I was a sinner, because I was, you know, my sexual preference, and then also I was uh, in out of jail and I was in drugs and alcohol. So I was doomed to go to hell if I was to stay in that belief. And I was always depressed and worried and fear and just. So mm-hmm. what helped is just knowing, okay, that was what my family believes. That's their thing. Right. I have my own now, you know, and my right. God doesn't care what I do, who I date, as long as I love people and that I'm mm-hmm. showing love and not being uh, evil, you know, for the most yep. part, you know? Yep. Amen. Amen. Similar story here. Same thing. And it took me to realize, nope, nope, nope. You're right. That's, that's your thing, not my thing. Mm-hmm. And nope. it, it, you know, there's fun is a is a weird word to use for this, but being sober now and like getting to know yourself and to become who maybe you really never knew who you really were going to be, it's kind of exciting. It's like, yes. oh, I'm awake now. I've been here for how many decades? <laughs> but now I'm with it, right. and I see right. everything, and I remember everything. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Like, how did I ever just, ugh, decades and decades, right? But there's something really affirming about, I'm still here. I must be here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel that way at all? I mean, do you feel like, I feel, I mean, the Detox Sober Lounge, I wish you the best success because I just think that is the most brilliant thing. And I'm not saying that just because I'm sober. It's just a nice alternative to all the drunkies at all the other bars, right? And so... Tell me about the future. Where do you want this to go? What do you think is going to so, happen? Um, we have a GoFundMe set up right now to, uh, oh, for good. people to uh, donate to help us get our kitchen up and running. And because right now, like I said, we're selling some food, but not as much because we don't have all the equipment. So once we get the kitchen okay. running, we'll be open full time at some point. And then, of course, uh, after hopefully a few years of this, we'll be able to branch off and um, I'll probably... Kansas City, something like that. Start one sure. out there, not too far, and then of course somewhere else. I'm not sure. I haven't done the research yet of where, but I know there's a lot of places that don't have them that need them. So right. I'm willing to take detox over lounge to other states. That's amazing. I feel like every city, <laughs> at the very least, yeah, every city should have them. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, coffee right. houses are great. They're great, but that's a whole different vibe, right? I mean, I still want to go dance. I still want to hear music. I still want to go to rap battles and comedy shows. 
but I'm not, I don't want to be in a bar. So this place, I feel like right now is a really good, almost well-kept secret. And I just want to help get the word out, you know, because I just feel like there's just, well, yeah, there's just so many possibilities here. If somebody wanted to follow in your footsteps as an owner of a sober lounge, is there anything that you would tell them like, oh, don't do this? Any kind of um, wisdoms or things you've learned along the way? Yes. First off, uh, don't let fear handicap you. Uh, fear is alive. Um, so jump and do what your heart is telling you to do. And then, of course, I, I didn't know anything. I'm learning as I go, literally. Uh, so maybe get a mentor. So you okay. spend less time doing what I'm, you know, trying to learn throughout this process. Get a mentor. Uh, I have a team of amazing volunteers. Right now, everyone is volunteer. No one's paid at this time. And I'm really blessed to have them. Um, so that's, that, that helped me out a lot. So maybe find a team of people that's willing to volunteer so you can afford to pay them or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, they can reach out to me as well, you know. Cause yeah, I've, tell, I've learned what's a your lot. email? What's your e- email? What's a good email for you? It's Alexis, A-L-E-X-I-S dot Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N at detoxsoberlounge.com. Okay, very good. And really quick, tell us um, a little bit about the GoFundMe so we can give a hand. Um, it's for the kitchen, right? Yep, we're, so- uh, for mainly for the kitchen. We really need kitchen equipment in there. We really we we have been blessed to get some stuff donated to us, but we still have a ways to go so we can have a full kitchen in there. Okay, so what's the address or how do we find the GoFundMe? Um. I can send you the link, but if you go to GoFundMe and type in Detox Sober Lounge, it'll pop up when you go to GoFundMe. Okay. So GoFundMe and, and I'm going to look up. send you the link as well. Okay, and perfect. Also, our Facebook page, uh, they can go on there and reach out to us and see all the events that's happening as well. Okay, perfect. So we only have about two minutes left. Now, I noticed that you had a slogan uh, uh, do you want to share that? Sure. So our slogan is where memories are made and remembered. Because um, <laughs> I love that so much. It's the truth, right? It is so true. It is so true. I, I can't tell you how many memories that I've made back then that I don't even remember. Then I remember it anymore. So you wake oh, up, you're black out, exist. you don't know. Or you don't want to know. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a lot of that. That's right. Well, I think you're doing yes. a great thing. And really, seriously, congratulations on your sobriety and everything that you're doing for yourself and for the community. I saw this quote today, and I wanted to share this with you before we left, because I did do a little reading on you before I met up with you. So today okay. is Alice Walker's birthday, um, and she has a quote that says, Whenever you are creating beauty around you, you're restoring your own soul. And when I read that, I thought, mm. I'm talking to Alexis today. How perfect is that? I feel that's exactly what you're doing with the Detox Lounge. You're taking care of yourself and everybody else around you and creating beauty. So thank you so much for doing thank this for so Omaha. Much. Seriously. Well, thank you for being with us. We really appreciate it. We're going to get the GoFundMe up on our page and hopefully get you some cash. And again, thank you for being with us today, Alexis. I'm Cammie Carlisle. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.